naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Revital Health is a proud member of the Health Optimization Network. Health Optimization Medicine and Practice is a 501c3 nonprofit on a mission to educate doctors and practitioners on how to optimize for health rather than treating disease. If you're interested in becoming a practitioner or donating, head over to homehope.org. Revito Health Clinic is the first and only of its kind exclusive health optimization clinic in Australia with state-of-the-art technology, protocols and personalized healthcare compounded medicines made specifically to your testing individualities. To find out more, head to revitalhealth.com.au. Back on the show is the amazing Dr. Ted Achikoso. Now, the genius Dr. Ted, as he is affectionately known as, is an incredible human being who I was immediately fascinated by for reasons not only that he has an incredible IQ, but because of his beliefs, his amazing way of being a fearless leader and mentor to all that he comes in contact with, but also for his humor and sense of fun and lightheartedness, and we always have a ball when we're chatting. I'm very lucky to be able to work with Dr. Ted as his CEO of Home Hope here in Australia, a non-for-profit organization in the US. So today we get chatting about the history of health optimization, medicine and practice. Pioneered in the Philippines over a decade ago, health optimization medicine for physicians and health optimization practice for non-physician healthcare practitioners is the first and only multi-omics clinical specialty that defines and delivers the standard of care in health, not disease. We also talk about protocols and combination of home hope with other health technologies. And we talk about the amazing company, Troscriptions. And I'll leave it there because Dr. Ted will tell you all about Troscriptions. And you can also check that out on the website. And all the details, where to find more, will be at the end of the podcast as well. So we hope you enjoy. It's always a hoot to have Dr. Ted on. And his knowledge is incredible. So enjoy. All right, Dr. Ted, welcome back on the show. So good to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Um, It seems that you never learned your lesson the first time, did you? (laughs) (laughs) I can't get enough of you, Dr. Ted. Don't be silly. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So we're going to have a fun one today, and we're going to talk all about health optimization, medicine, and practice. And um, we've, we've talked a bit about it before, but we sort of, we, we dive in and then we dive out, but we really want to sort of systemize going through and getting people really in, in, informed about what this actual specialty practice is. So let's start right from the top and give us all a bit of a history on how health optimization medicine practice came about. Okay. Um, that's actually quite funny because I'm, I'm, I am a, what do you call it, Judy? A supplement whore. I love supplements. <laughs> I look at all of them, all the new ones, like, oh, what can they do for me? What can they do for me? And then I realized I was getting more and more irritated at the fact that 
I didn't have a framework by which to hang all of these supplements. Like, do I need this? Do I need that? All these new studies coming out. How do I differentiate those that are actually needed by my body mm. or those that are actually created by my body and that I lacked, right? Uh, those that can be supplied naturally or those that I have to use drugs for. Mm. And with my increasing frustration, I said, there has to be a way to create a framework for doing this. And then I took a look at the definition of the World Health Organization of what health was. And I said, this fucking thing doesn't say how to do health clinically. You know, it's just a statement that this is it. It's like, so how the fuck do you get healthy? Right? So I created a definition, which is very easy. And I say this over and over. So health is equal to A plus B plus C, right? So health is equal to A, the absence of disease, plus B, the balance between the anabolic processes or processes that build and catabolic processes or processes that destroy according to C, the life cycle of an organism. Mm -hmm. So now you see immediately that this is a clinical definition right? So absence of disease is the purview of illness medicine. And as you know, that I am an illness medicine doctor many times over. And it took me three years to actually get over the mentality that health is just the absence of disease. That's why I always say um, healthy, being healthy is not just about being sick, right? It, so um, if you're not sick, it only means that you're not sick. It doesn't mean that you're healthy. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so now, so uh, the A is actually taken care of by illness medicine, and the B plus C is, you know, the balance between anabolic and catabolic processes according to the cycle of life of the organism is actually health optimization medicine, right? Mm -hmm. So we are not after disease right? We are after the balance of the process that actually um, uh, builds or destroys. Uh, for example, in children who are growing up, then you have more anabolic processes growing, right? Mm -hmm. In older people, you have more catabolic processes going. So the healthy portion is right there at the middle. So it's all about balance, right? So, so then I said, so what exactly do we balance, you know? what the fuck is that? You know, what is that? What is that balancing all about? And so I, I, I took a look and actually there's a new science that has been around new because it's only reached the clinics like in the past decade, but it's called clinical metabolomics, right? Turns out that the cell churns out these molecules inside it that can be measured. So it was not possible for us to peer inside cells before, but now we have the technology and it's now reached the clinics, right? So like anything new, uh, there will be an initial resistance to do it and there will be an initial expense to it. But as I say, you know, when the MRI first came out, it was $4,000 a pop and everyone was still using it. And now it's just like $400 a pop. And that's how, what happens when it's adopted. So um, the, uh, the body, uh, you know, you've heard of the term genome, right? So that's genes, right? And then uh, there is the proteome, which is the enzymes in the body, right? Uh, and, and then you see now that there is a, what's called a metabolome or the products of the working of the cell, uh, inside the cell, mm. right? So uh, the, the genome can only um, um, tell you, um, you know, what can happen. 
right? Mm. And the uh, proteome uh, is telling you uh, uh, what can happen in the process, right? And the and the um, uh, uh, metabolome will actually show you exactly what's happening now. Mm. So it's clinically actionable. That's why I said, you know, a health organization is a clinical practice. You know, we're not some highfalutin concept, right? Uh, that's that's uh, doing that. So, um, uh, so so. Uh, the genome is what what makes it happen. You know, um, uh, the, the proteome is what makes it happen. The genome shows what can happen. The proteome shows um, what makes it happen, and the metabolome shows what is happening now. So, what's important to a clinician uh, like me is what's happening to my patient or what's happening to my client, right? Yeah. And it turns out that these metabolites are actually what are they? They are the vitamins, minerals, you know, that are your body is using in normal communication. They are, you know, um, all the plastics that you have ingested and is showing there. The uh, the um, pollution from the traffic that shows up in your blood and inside your cells. All of those can be measured. And of course, um, for those who are experts in nutrition out there, you know, you can now measure the amount of essential amino acids uh, that are in your uh, client or in your patient, you can measure the uh, amount of, uh, of what, what percentage of the carbohydrates is actually getting turned into energy, right? And you could see now, uh, before when we were studying biochemistry, it was just like, yeah, memorize everything. But now we're fucked, right? Because we now and they are able to measure each and every metabolite in the anaplerotic reaction of the Krebs cycle. Uh, and so uh, that's why a lot of um, physicians hate us um, because now it's like, no, 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 we don't do guesswork anymore. And that's another point, right? Uh, that uh, I, 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 um, I used to say, it's like before we say, oh, uh, I'm being asked by my patients all the time, like, doctor, is vitamin E good for me? Is vitamin C good for me? And, and I go, what the fuck? You know, you can measure these things now. Just measure their levels. And if you need them, give them. You know, if you don't need them, don't give them. So the era of, of guessing, right, mm-hmm. uh, about whether or not it's good for you is over. It's been way over, but people are just still catching up to the fact that all of these things that used to be not measurable right, is now measurable. Uh, and the prices are coming down in terms of the testing. So these are the things that you balance. So I, I call it, you know, um, uh, you essentially balance the borderline deficiencies and subtle toxicities, right? So if you're severely deficient, then that goes to illness medicine right? Um, like, for example, if you lack vitamin D and you get into nutritional osteomalacia, that is a medical treatment. But if your vitamin D level is not within an optimal range, which is evolutionarily derived, right? So there are values in the body that are derived from the values of, uh, of men and women between 21 and 30 years old, which is the optimal level, right? And there are those that are evolutionarily derived, like for example, vitamin D, um, which is derived from the um, uh, Hadzabe and Maasai tribes in Africa, right? Because very little existence of chronic diseases. Mm. So you could see that the values to, the values to make you have no disease, right? It are different from the values that are optimal. So when a patient or a client comes to me and said, oh, doctor, but my thyroid levels are normal. It's like, 
it's just normal enough not to make you hypothyroid, right? But it's not optimal for your functioning. So those are two different sets. And, and that's where we push the values of metabolites up or down. This, the, um, in, it, the big part of it really, and the scary part now, especially with all the pollution, is that I have had a lot of, um, of uh, patients or clients with mercury toxicity or cadmium toxicity. And in fact, um, uh, one of the uh, oh, funniest that I had that was very serious, right, was a doctor himself who was just who, you know, eating canned goods all his life. He didn't eat anything fresh. He just liked everything in cans. And guess what? His thin levels, even if thin is already prohibited, right? In, in packaging, his thin levels were very high. So it's not enough, right? These are not enough to give you overt disease. But you know, once they push to a certain level, right? Uh, then they will show the overt disease, right? So it is your responsibility now as a health optimization um, uh, uh, practitioner, right? Or what I call health optimization specialists, right? It, to actually bring down those levels back to optimal. So uh, uh, you, you could see these things um, already coming way before the toxicity happens, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, as as and even in aging, a big a big issue, right? I started as an expert in anti-aging medicine you know, hormone balancing and stuff. But the big issue in, in aging is that everyone is now looking at this new fangled, you know, you hear them, they're like very fancy, senolytics and all of these big words that you hear. But if you take a look at the progress of aging, you have like metabolic health, right? And then you sustain damage right? And then it becomes chronic disease, right? And, as, and a, a very clear example of that is diabetes, mm -hmm. right? So you start with, you know, uh, very high, high blood sugars. And usually, and uh, this is a very sad indictment, I live here in the United States, right? Um, of uh, uh, the American society, where a large percentage of the children here are um, diabetic, simply from malnutrition. Right? Mostly, most people think that malnutrition is a big thing. No, no, no. It's basically the wrong nutrition because of high intake of refined carbohydrates, which can be very much, um, uh, which is very much treatable by, uh, uh, by lifestyle changes and education on what uh, foods are to mm. eat. Right? And then all of those will, of course, get into complications uh, like kidney failure and all of the things that you get with diabetes. Um, as a side note, you know, when, when you guys hear the word T3D or type 3 diabetes, it's actually Alzheimer's disease. So you can see the role also of sugars, right, in this thing. So you, these are the things that you progress from health, metabolic health, into uh, uh, damage, right? And then you get into disease. So the, what the world is focused on now, again, is damage because it's haze, it's sexy. Stem cell therapy, you know, drug th therapy to remove all those dead cells that produce poisons in your body. It's, and it makes a lot of money, right? Because it's, it's like, it's an incredible, you know, I follow the work because it's an incredible uh, area. Right, that, that, that you take a look, that's this is the way it's already damaged, and therefore, this is what you call the repair mechanism, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, 
but we, you know, they're, they're in the repair business, but we are on the maintenance side. So no one's paying attention to metabolic health, right? So health optimization is actually the one that takes care of the metabolic health. I mean, why go into the damage very quickly, right? You know, as you get older, there's more damage, right? Can you stave off that damage, right? Yeah. So, so you can save off the damage by taking care of metabolic health. But the question, big question is how? We're a clinical practice. How, do, how the fuck do you do something like that? You know, the World Health has no specification on how you actually clinically, you know, maintain health. Um, and, and even in medical school, we're, not taught what's, we're taught what's not sick, but we're not taught what's healthy, right? They just say it's normal. So what's normal is not sick, right? We never have, yeah. <laughs> we we absolutely have no idea. It's like it's like um it's like a, a not really knowing. Um, you know, you already you already know that how to diagnose a flat tire. You don't even know what the normal tire pressure is. So <laughs> it's, it, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's a simple uh, analogy, actually, to what health optimization is. Right? It's like a car dashboard um, analogy that I I give. You know, before. You know, our dashboards were very simple, right? You could just see certain, uh, you know, your, your, your um, uh, fuel gauge, you know, how much fuel you have, how much oil you had in your car. These are the old um, analog gauges. But now you have your digital gauges that shows you how much your tire pressure is per tire, right? Uh, whether or not your windshield wiper fluid is down, right? How much you have to put in, uh, how, what the temperature of your car is, etc. That is like that detecting the metabolites or the status of metabolites. Your car is still running fine, meaning it's not sick, right? But you know it actually needs all of these things. So I say if your windshield wiper fluid is low, that's probably equivalent to finding out in your metabolomics test that your alpha lipoic acid level is low, right? And then um, the, the pushback to me over this is like, well, you know, why can't they just eat, you know, more uh, nutrients containing alpha lipoic acid? And I shoot back and I say, hey, you know, give me some foods that are high in alpha lipoic acid, right? And crickets, there's no answer coming back. I said, see, you, you, you like saying these things, throwing these things back to me, but you yourself don't know, yeah. right? Um, and uh, a challenge that I actually do to, um, to um, because I do recommend, for example, uh, walking two miles a day nonstop, right? Mm. Um, and one of the, the things that I do for these very wealthy patients that I have is, you know, they don't want to walk, right? They want to sweat and all of that. And I tell them to walk continuously around the shopping mall, but don't buy that, that <laughs> but don't buy anything. And if you do, carry your own bags, right? So that. So that there's so there's a um, muscular tension that's formed against the bone, right? So they retain bone density because lack of bone density is one of those things that you have to deal with 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 older age. It's like don't let your chauffeur carry all your boxes for you; carry them yourself. So, but but anyway, um, I you know um, for me it's like we didn't have a framework of how to to actually um, uh, maintain health, right? So what is we didn't have a uh, how to judge what's, health, what's healthy in an objective way. And now we have clinical metabolomics to do it, right? And we didn't know an objective measure 
of what's healthy. And now you could see when you move the levels back, say, of alpha-lipoic acid, of their amino acids, of essential amino acids, you know, through supplementing them with actual amino acids, or my favorite thing, making them eat steak as rare as they can, <laughs> twice a week, right? I, fuck the vegetarians, is what I say. Oh, you know, oh. it's, it's, you're in Australia, hey, you know, <laughs> it's like, Best steaks ever, right? <laughs> um, but, but for me, it's like that's the fastest way to get to get these things back, right? Yeah. So, so when I when I uh, uh, got into the definition of health and got into what is it exactly that we balance, right? So we balance the metabolite levels, right? We balance the subtle toxicities and borderline deficiencies. You're not overtly sick, right? Um, and then. Uh, bring them back to the ages 21 and 30 or to evolutionarily derived levels. And then that now has become a framework of everything that we do, right? So, um, so that's metabolomics and uh, you're a practitioner uh, of uh, health optimization, Jody. You've been uh, doing so for a number of years. And you could see that one of the areas that... Uh, um, uh, we're big at is, for example, the uh, mitochondria, right? Mm -hmm. Because the mitochondria throws off all of these metabolites that can be measured, you know, used to be memorized, but now measured. Uh, and then now you could supply, you know, those metabolites back. Um, and we're not interested in the PhD type of information that can be given to us, you know, mm -hmm. Either, you know, how long does it did the DNA unwind? That's, you know, fuck those questions. We're interested in, okay, how much, you know, um, vitamin um, B1, how much thiamine do we need, right, in order to get the whole reaction going. So suddenly you're focused on the vitamins and minerals and toxins that could affect the entire Krebs cycle, mm -hmm. right? And then in the, um, in the, uh, an aerobic portion when uh, the glucose is being divided, you know, it, it needs NAD, right? So immediately you could see all of these requirements and all of these requirements can now be measured. You don't need to guess what those vitamins are and how much you need to give because they are now available to you, right? Mm -hmm. So when a person is feeling weak, right, for no reason at all and has been uh, being weak for, for a long time, most of the time, you don't know what to do, right? Because it's not a disease. They just feel weak, right? But if you take a look at the vitamin B1 levels, you know, it's very low. Or their B levels in general, because B are energy vitamins. So supply them with this, and you know exactly how to give, because it's act you actually see where the levels are. So, so, so then you have a mechanism by which you can always push, you know, a client or a patient back to balance. And... I call uh, uh, health optimization patients, clients, because they're not sick, right? They may have other diseases, but when they come to us, we leave the diagnosis with their illness medicine doctors. We are in communication with their doctors, right? This is what we're doing. But usually when you're being balanced, then the management of your disease becomes easier, right? In fact, I have situations where I have to call the cardiologist and say, hey, you know, you're giving this dose and we've done this um, um, health optimization of the metabolites, mm -hmm. right, uh, of, of the patient. And the, uh, I think you need to cut the dose, but I leave 
them to do the dose cutting uh, because the patient may be going into postural hypotension, meaning you know they, they get dizzy when standing up, etc. Meaning the, the blood pressure med is already too high. Yeah. Right? So, so that's one is in bioenergetics, you know, giving you energy. And uh, the other big area, which has been the subject of much uh, research and much uh, media uh, coverage, is of course the gut microbiota, mm. uh, right? Uh, there's microbiota all over your body, but of course, the one that acts like a major organ will be the ones in the gut, right? And the gut microbiota are about uh, two kilos right uh it's so that's a big uh, uh that's a big weight right and you poop about half of them every day if you poop every day <laughs> and and they get replenished right uh, <laughs> they <laughs> they produce a lot of metabolites and they act as a separate organ the way health optimization uh medicine uh does this is by regarding it as an organ in itself Mm. right so it produces its own uh its own metabolites you can measure them you could see whether it's an ecosystem in itself you could see whether or not there's an overgrowth say of candida or you know or yeast you could see uh overgrowth of pathogenic bacteria or those that can potentially cause disease you know um so you could see all these organisms in there and you can also see the the, the your intestinal lining right um i'd like your i like your listeners to remember this your intestinal lining is actually just like a reverse skin right yeah. so you have to be careful what you put on your skin you know you're careful also what you swallow right for me they're the same they absorb mm-hmm. the same things so uh and and those that lining you can also detect the health of the metabolites they produce right so uh, uh for example in in the colon where your poop is stored and where much of water is actually reabsorbed back right um the bacteria in there are the only places that is the only place in the body where vitamin b12 is produced Mm. you can produce it anywhere else and as you get older right um you need to take vitamin b12 sublingually because your stomach cannot activate it anymore Right, so so there are reasons why it's sublingual and it's oral, etc. And but when you're healthy, you know that it comes from your colonic bacteria, right? Your colonic bacteria also um, uh, is uh, pro- responsible for production of much of butyrate. Mm-hmm. And what is butyrate? You know, butyrate is the primary energy source of the colon cells and if you take a look at the uh, illness medicine studies now low butyrate levels are associated with high rates of colon cancer mm. so see you can as a health optimization expert or health optimization specialist take a look at butyrate levels like hey we have to increase your butyrate levels now to optimal levels and there are ways of doing that one of course of the fastest ways is like hey okay take butyrate itself right so that will open up in the colon and that's it it's pretty it's pretty good right but of course uh, one of the best ways to do it is to eat have a high fiber diet mm. right? as like as i like to say the fastest disappearing macronutrient in um humans is fiber we all need around 34 grams of fiber a day mm. right uh and and so uh because they form the scaffolding for the bacteria right they also form the scaffolding for your poop mm. 
right? Uh, and, and so, uh, so it does. It has all these functions, and as you can see, we're treating the bacteria, you know, as one organ in itself. And health optimization medicine doesn't look at organs, right? We look at cells. So we are, let me introduce a term here. We look at the body as an ecosystem of cells, and therefore that is called a holobiont. Yes, you know, a holobiont, right? And and so, see, uh, there's a difference between why don't you call it a superorganism then? Because it's made up of cells. A superorganism would be one that is just made up of one type of cell, mm. right? But we are made up of different type of cells. For example. Uh, the mitochondria, as I mentioned earlier, which, in, which is in bioenergetics that produces the energy of the body, comes from um, a, a bacteria, right? They're independent bacteria that are swimming there inside your cells. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and they divide like bacteria, etc. So you think you own them, but they actually are their own bacteria, right? So, so, so much so, like your gut bacteria, right? Uh, and then your um, nucleocytosol are the one that hosts them, right? Your mitochondria inside the cell, there's a nucleus, a cytoplasm, cell membrane. That is an anaerobic organism, meaning it produces energy without oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. so, the mitochondria produces energy with oxygen. Mm. So, uh, so you could see that we are actually an aggregation of all of these bacteria that are all coordinated, right? To, so when you go to an illness medicine physician, especially to, um, uh, you know, I used to do minimally invasive neurosurgery. So uh, the, when, you, when you are able to take a look at the patient, you, you know, you basically all relate it to the organ that you are uh, uh, specialized in. But for us, we look at the basic cell, right, which is the, which forms the, the base of all the organs uh, and all, all the tissues, all the organs in the body are made up of the exact uh, basic cell, right? It's a nucleus, cytoplasm, uh, mitochondria, you know, endoplasmic reticulum, um, you know, uh, cell membranes, uh, cytosolic water, et cetera, et cetera. So when you look at that, and even red blood cells, right, they initially have mitochondria, and then the mitochondria donate their iron to become heme in the blood. So once upon a time, your red blood cells also have mitochondria. So it's the same basic thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, why is it that no one is taking care of the basic cell, right? When it's the foundation of everything else. It's so right? simple. But the, when, you, when you tell people and when you say and explain this in this way, there is no, there's no, there's still no understanding. People don't understand the fact that we're actually optimizing that basic cell and optimizing therefore the whole organism, that holobiont. Yes. And, and understanding that we're an ecosystem of cells, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that's a, that's a big picture that you just uh, actually said, you know, mm -hmm. if I were an illness medicine doctor, once upon a time I was, you know, then you see that we see the individual, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the individual in a population. That is the unit of selection, right? It's like, so when you're, um, when you're testing a particular drug, for example, it has to work across uh, your population of individuals, right? But here, we cannot do that because each and every person will have a different level, baseline level, or uh, core level of, metabolome, uh, of, of metabolites in their metabolome. Mm. So, so 
each one will have a different set of values and therefore we are actually not quantitative but qualitative when we do an assessment of health right uh, because all of this what we do have is an objective measure of the health mm. right and then when you see that the, the the values are improving you actually also see that here the patient saying i feel so much better i have more energy and so on so in other words we set aside all our preconceptions of what it is and just simply provide the cell what it needs in order to survive and thrive mm -hmm. right yeah. So, 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 so that's the, you know, we, we discuss metabolomics, we discuss bioenergetics, mm. we discuss mitochondria. And as I said here, we are at the basic cell level, right? So at the basic cell level, the basic cell, it turns out, um, only has a fixed number of ways to deal with stress, right? It only has, it's evolutionarily defined. This is how we deal with stress. So every time, every time it's stressed out, you give the signal, it will do the same things over and over. Yeah. And that was actually essayed in a paper, and that's called the cell danger response, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what drives the uh, cell danger response, really, is your level of metabolites, right? So, so again, we're testing the metabolites here, and to see whether or not your cell danger response is actually turned on or off. Mm -hmm. Because when you, the body is actually designed for stress, right? Yeah. And when it's stressed out, uh, it will it will uh, actually turn on uh, all the mechanisms uh, that will um, uh, uh, resolve that stress, right, or injury or cellular injury, and then after that, uh, with the expectation that the stressor stops, right? If the stressor doesn't stop, then you get a fucking divorce, correct? So, <laughs> so. so Otherwise, it's going to be a chronic process, and that's how chronic disease starts, exactly. right? And you'll be sniping at each other in front of your kids, so, and, you know, and the kids grow up fucked up. So, uh, so anyway, <laughs> so, so um, anyway, uh, the, the point here is that you want to be able to support the, res the faster resolution of the cell danger response, right? And that is contained within a field called evolutionary medicine. Yeah. right evolutionary medicine asks the question why do we get sick right mm -hmm. but we we at health optimization have a clinical definition of evolutionary medicine it's we ask the question how do we get healthy mm. you know what the fuck why do you have to ask why do you get sick you know it's it, you know you ask that question only if you are uh sick right but here it's like okay how do you get healthy you don't even know how do you get healthy You're already asking how do you get sick right <laughs> it's kind of backwards but we do understand uh, that that's really the case because there was no technology yet before in order to do this but now we do right we have an advanced dashboard the health optimization dash dashboard that's full of the levels of the metabolites in the body mm -hmm. so now you have um evolutionary medicine which used to be just really a phd topic and we've converted it in health optimization medicine to be a clinical topic it's something that you actually do yeah. and balance within the body mm. now related to that is the field called exposomics and this may be a new term for many people out there but ex exposomics is very simple it's your the sum total of your exposures to everything since you were born yeah. right or since since you were you were conceived mm. so it includes like if, if 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 the mother was drinking during pregnancy 
sorry, like fetal alcohol syndrome. You know, that's exposure to alcohol, right? Your exposure to x-rays, your exposure to cigarette smoke, you know, your exposure to toxic relationships, all of those actually uh, contribute to what's called an exposome. So you have a genome, proteome, metabolome, exposome, right? And, uh, the, and when the shorthand for remembering what an exposome is, is it's your environmental genome, mm. right? It's your environmental genome. So the environmental genome, um, uh, another simple way of remembering it, like what poisons are around, mm. you know, right? Did he give the kids allowances today? Anyway, um, but any <laughs> but it's so important uh, to think about this because in clinical practice, when you're in front of a person, it's so important to understand that whole environmental exposure, not just what they're exposed to right now in this particular time, but for the history of how or where they've been around and their exposures according to family members and you say like re relationships, emotions, and therefore coming from the inside and outside. And we yeah. are adapting, we adapt differently. We, and our evolution has been not as fast. You know, I always say to my clients, I'm like, well, why do we react to these exposures of toxins now? Well, because we haven't evolved as quickly and the evolution of what time we've been on earth compared to yes. the amount of toxins that we've been exposed to and how quickly they've come up has been so much more dramatic than the time that we've been able to adapt to that. So in fact, yeah. Jody, what you're saying is that it is actually quite scary mm. um, when people realize that, you know, um, um, when they did a study of uh, males in Europe, uh, ages 21 to 30, mm. we uh, saw actually a drop in, um, in um, uh, testosterone, you know, comparable to those uh, already in their 50s or 60s. That is very scary. And the reason for it is because of EDCs or endocrine disrupting chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. So these plastics, these microplastics and, and, and so on, um, uh, the phthalates, you know, and, um, you know, all of those actually affect you and you don't know it. That's why. Mm -hmm. and, but what was frustrating about the original exposome uh, uh, as, as a subject matter, again, it's a PhD course, right? We made it clinical, mm -hmm. like how do you deal with the exposome, right? You're not yet in any acute um, uh, uh, danger of toxicity, but you already know that it's climbing and you have to bring it down, right? So what is annoying about that is that they made, they made the genes, the unit of selection about which the environment is formed. So it means that even the cell is an exposome of the gene. So what we did in health optimization medicine is made the cell the main unit of the exposome, right? So, so that is what is affected, what, what affects it, right, uh, around it. And in, um, in a macro level, right, it's, it's easy to conceive of it as uh, the context by which the organism is actually surviving and thriving, right? Mm -hmm. So, because we are not uh, actually separate from environment, right? As I, 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 you know, has been essayed many times in the past, and I like to say it, we are physically closed systems, but we are energetically open, yeah. right? We are, we are not, you know, uh, separate from our environment. No matter how much we think so, we and our environment are one and the same, yeah. right? So, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to uh, caution people here in terms of like, you know, your, your you know, um, 
uh, you love to eat fish, you know, you, you love to eat uh, all salmon and all this stuff. You know, at this time, you know, I've been having uh, many uh, cases where, you know, um, uh, the, the mercury levels are just steadily rising and you have to address that before they get into a full-blown, you know, uh, subchronic toxicity that suddenly becomes, you know, uh, acute in presentation, they get brought to the hospital, right? Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of my loveliest cases around is that I had a case like that, and each illness medicine doctor had a diagnosis, right? The cardiologist had a diagnosis of arrhythmia, you know, the dermatologist had dermatitis, the nephrologist had a different uh, diagnosis, the, the two neurologists have different um, diagnosis for the muscle, severe muscle weakness. Right. Uh, so, so all of them, um, and and no one actually acknowledged the fact that this was actually stemming from mercury toxicity. You see, uh, and that's how important it is to do health optimization. Right. Not we are not talking about disease, and that's how uh, we differentiate ourselves really from. Uh, 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 practices like functional medicine. Functional mm -hmm. medicine, they say, after the root causes of disease. No, we're after the root cause of health. Yeah. And what is that? There's really only one root cause of health. It's very easy to remember, right? It's the balance between the anabolic and catabolic processes according to the cycle of life of the organism. You know, if you remember that, that and you know that you're supposed to balance the metabolites, you'll get it mostly right, mm. right? Uh, there are a lot of nuances in the practice, right? Especially if the uh, patient or client has additional diseases, but you know that once you address the fundamental needs of the cell, you're mostly going to be all right, mm. right? So uh, I, I mentioned here, right, that, that the context or uh, the environment uh, is actually um, a very important, right? Mm. And I will move now to the context of our environment of your day-night cycle, right? Uh, you know, I used to be, and it's called chronobiology, right? So uh, uh, your environment where you have bright lights at night and so on and so forth, that totally fucks up your melatonin system and all of that. And I used to be very guilty before COVID happened that uh, I defined heaven as, you know, um, being in one time zone for more than two weeks because I was... Rarely in the same time zone for two weeks because I had international uh, clients and patients. But uh, you could see uh, actually uh, now chronobiology is balancing now, right? Your day-night cycles. Mm -hmm. And you could see that very uh, quickly. For example, if you take a look at what's called inflammatory cytokines of a patient, right? And that, those are metabolites too. And these are, uh, uh, they will signify either inflammation or uh, uh, anti-inflammatory cytokines, your molecules that do, do that, right? And you could see that the more sleep deprived you are uh, uh, and so on is the more you have these inflammatory cytokines going. Right? What do they do? They induce inflammation. And one of the most common mechanisms that happens is what's called oxidation, right? And oxidation, you can think of that as rusting, as in rusting of a tailpipe or you know, rusting of metal. And those have to be scraped out, right? You need to have antioxidants put in there, but you can't you know, throw a whole, uh, you know, uh, barrel of antioxidants in there because you know that there is also a syndrome called 
you know, antioxidant-induced stress, meaning there's just too many antioxidants, right? So, uh, so then you have to measure, right? You have to measure. You have to measure those. So we have the beauty of the specialty and why we are clinical specialty. We have um, an objective measure that comes with metabolomics, and we have an objective measure of the progress, right? And the patient having the subjective report of uh, of the experience. It usually takes around three months, three to four months, for to feel uh, to feel uh, a certain you know uh, wellness inside. And uh, uh, my clients uh, usually go, um, you know, uh, the husband usually go, oh, my wife just sent me here. I'm really okay. I feel fine, yeah. right? Um, and I said, oh, okay, you know, let's uh, be kind to your wife and uh, let's do this because the one, <laughs> the one word that practitioners should remember about this, there's a reason why it's a difficult concept to put out there. This is highly experiential, right? It's, you should, you, when you feel it. So they come back six months later and they go, oh my God, Dr. Ted, I never thought it was possible to feel this way. Yeah. They were feeling okay before. And now that they know where their balance is, Right? When they get thrown out of kilter, when they throw thrown out of balance, they know immediately how to get back into balance. Yeah. Or as a consequence of uh, health optimization, they balance or they bounce back quickly yes. to health. Right? So I say this so, time again. <laughs> the last few years, I see it all. And the amount of time people have come in here and told me after doing this work, saying, I cannot believe I've been feeling this way for this long without knowing what it feels like to be well to be healthy and now i know and they will come back in and they'll say look just feel a little bit out of balance just need to tweak something again bring bring them back in we tweak something we we add in something and they're like right yep i'm good now and it didn't take that long at all it's yeah so true yeah but the thing is you know illness medicine has given us like silver bullets right antibiotics for infections so people like instant gratification mm. so what i tell my patients or my clients is that you know it took you 40 years to reach this state why do you want this to you know resolve overnight it can't you know you punished your body for this long right oh, and we also have to a month for every year that you were feeling like <laughs> crap <laughs> yeah and it's it also takes um uh um it also takes uh, a lot of education and mm. patience that you know is going to come, you know, but the patients get impatient yeah. uh, about this because they're so used to insert gratification. But when they realize like, well, it actually took me nine months to get this fat, mm. right? So um, again, just as a side note on, 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 on fat, because I know that weight is a big issue for many people, health optimization doesn't do weight loss, right? Mm. We do fat loss because muscle is important for the body right yeah. so we are not weight loss people we're fat loss people especially visceral fat mm. which is fat wrapped around your intestines that is the one that's actually a great prognosticator if of uh of uh, uh being unwell or being sick right mm -hmm. how much how much uh, uh visceral fat you have and there are now monitors that monitor your skeletal muscle mass your visceral fat your cutaneous fat all of those machines now actually exist mm -hmm. so no excuse not to not to see you know Absolutely. all of those things 
Uh, to your to your point, uh, actually, it's uh, very interesting. The first time I got my um, my uh, uh, I, I I had a food sensitivity testing, right? Mm -hmm. And I was eating, you know, eggs every day like crazy, right? It's like it was my go-to every time. And then I saw it; I was severely sensitive to it, <laughs> and. And, you know, I, I don't say don't eat those eggs forever, right? I said just stay away from them for at least six months, right? And then slowly reintroduce them uh, and about twice a week, you know, with a distance about four days and you'd be okay, right? Uh, I know I'm able to eat eggs at least once a week, right? But before, it's like when I totally stopped it, like, holy shit, I was, I was my waist reduced in size to, uh, by two inches, Right, like in a matter of two weeks, and that's because the inflammation and the bloating just went down and went away. So there are all of these things that we don't really uh, uh, appreciate until we get the the results, right? Um, especially, for example, in the gut, we now know that the gut is the biggest immune organ in the body. It used to be the bone marrow when we were in medical school. Now we know it's actually the gut that, that teaches your immune system, right? Uh, my, uh, the, a huge part of your immune system is actually educated by gut and back by gut bacteria. The food that you eat, how, un, how antigenic they are or how, how um, sensitive you are uh, in terms of being able to take them in. And of course, if your gut lining is, um, is leaky, what they call leaky gut, right? If, if you could see that too. Uh, and you could see all of these uh, uh, different, what they call endotoxins, right? These this, uh, molecules that are not supposed to be in your body coming in and your body forming an immune reaction against them, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all of this inflammation coming up. Um, so even in cases, for example, like uh, that are well-known autoimmune cases, right? Yeah, diseases that are well-known autoimmune diseases. One of the things that I do when the uh, immunologist refers to me is I take a look at the sensitivities of the person because it does help decrease the uh, immune response, mm. right? Because it's, hyper, it's a hyper response, right? When you get an autoimmune disease. Yeah. So I take a look, like what, how else can we cool down this hyperreactive immune system? And if you're able to take that out, you already would have helped you know, the, the patient or your client a lot, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, um, there is a, actually an exciting area that we haven't talked about yet, Jody, which is epigenetics, right? And um, it's, very, it's very new. It's also a fantastic measure of age. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, uh, you know, the way I explain it is like um, epigenetics is like, uh, you know, as you get older, you get black on your teeth. And the plaque that doesn't, you know, get scaled or, you know, you have to brush it off and, uh, and, 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 um, uh, and that, or scale it, the dentist has to scale it out, right? Um, but there are now measures of how heavily plaque-ridden you are, you know, then this is your genes, right? In your genes, um, uh, they are, uh, they have a, a wrapper around them called chromatin. And you know there are sites uh, wi within those um, uh, within within that um, histone uh, cover uh, mm -hmm. that's uh, in there where um, uh, certain molecules can attach, right? And what they do is they can either silence a gene, mm -hmm. right, or they can activate a gene. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, 
you know, uh, you guys know of the famous case, right? Uh, where uh, because the breast cancer gene was present in both breasts, you know, uh, this famous person elected to do a bilateral mastectomy. But if you're living a healthy life, right? And you have an epigenetic test that uh, actually shows that you're actually younger than your age, meaning you have less plaque in those areas because those things can actually silence your cancer genes. And these are heritable, you know, it can be inherited. So these are non-genetic uh, uh, mechanisms that can be inherited by your child. Right? For example, if you smoke, you know, the changes in your epigenome can be inherited by your child and can be inherited by your grandchild, yeah. right? Via the germline or via your eggs, right? Mm -hmm. So you could see how epigenetics affects three generations right away sure. just by smoking, right? Yeah. So you see those are the, the effects in the body. Yeah. Um, one of the, the best ways that I have convinced um, uh, people to uh, exercise is actually showing them the relationship like, oh, the stress, exercise, etc. they all affect your epigenome, your diet and everything else. They all affect your epigenome, right? And, and so it contributes. So that's why, you know, exercise at an optimal amount mm -hmm. is actually, uh, uh, actually uh, keeps you younger anymore it will overtax you right and any less it says not too much right um uh and uh uh the the whole thing about um you know movement which is very interesting when when you ask illness medicine doctors they prescribe their patients oh you just uh, do some exercise and i challenged them i said come on bring your patient to the gym and teach him how to exercise what should he do mm. right because the trainer will only respond really to what he knows, right? Which is a normal person who is healthy and you know training. But what what if this is a, a, a your 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 patient, right? You would know what to prescribe. Yeah. So even myself, you know, I um, and people know this. I bring my patients or my clients to the gym and teach them how to exercise themselves, it's right? So 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 it's it's uh, it's everything. So uh, so as you can see, the the practice itself already affects behavior so fuck lifestyle medicine it all comes from the framework right mm -hmm. you you um you take a look at the uh, metabolites that affect the chronobiology of the person and then now you actually affect the lifestyle sleep you take a look at the nutrients that affect uh, energy that affect the gut microbiota you know uh the uh, you take a look at the toxins etc now you can you can change the behavior by saying okay don't don't uh don't heat your food in plastics. Don't, you know, um, you know, this is the level of B vitamins that you need to be taking every day and so on and so forth. So see the hardest things, uh, as you know, this, uh, you see clients every time is behavioral change, right? So I don't, you know, from, from, this is coming from experience, you know, of over a decade is saying, you know, you tell your patient to change lifestyle. It doesn't stick. Right. So you have to go, for the jugular first and then when they see the good effects of it on their wellness then everything snowballs an example for this uh, that I, I i give is when you tell your patient oh you know uh doctor i don't want to take these vitamins i'm not i'm not just gonna i'm, I'm just gonna eat it mm. i said okay I, I tell them um give me your chef and i will tell your chef what to prepare mm. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> you know, dangerous, they won't really eat. So what I do is like, okay, what can you commit to me? Can you commit to me a time for eating? So why don't we narrow down your feeding window to, you know, from, from the current feeding window of 16 hours, you can eat anything. Let's narrow it down to 14 hours and 12 hours and 10 hours and eight hours, you know, and I tell them, eat anything with those eight hours. I don't give a flying fuck what you eat at the time, right? When you get, when you get used to eating there, you know, uh, then, then they say, oh my God, this feels so good. What else can I do? And then that's when they change their habit. Right. So you have to go at the point really where the patient is comfortable in meeting you. Right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will not get any behavioral change. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, you, you tell a teenager, you know, go sleep at uh, 10 p.m. No, it's more, it's more like a 4 p.m. thing. Right. <laughs> and and. Uh, and uh, and as you know, we we raise our kids to be uh, uh, prolonged ad- adolescents, right? Uh, they they stay in the house until thirty, so <laughs> they still behave like adolescents at the time. Uh, so it, it can be kind of frustrating to deal with with uh, lifestyle and behavior. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's really naive to see, to say that you can actually do this just by lifestyle alone. You can't, mm-hmm. right? You have to put in the base of the objective measurement of the deficiencies and uh, borderline deficiencies, subtle toxicities, present the improvements that are going, right? And then that actually pushes the patient or the client to behave, to adopt more um, healthy lifestyle behaviors because they see like, okay, you know, I love eating this, uh, this fish and it turns out that's full of mercury, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a behavioral change that immediately happens, yeah. right? Uh, uh, or, you know, um, I like eating uh, um, refined carbohydrates and they see, you know, how their, uh, the carbohydrate metabolism looks like, mm-hmm. uh, or even just their, you know, fasting insulin and fasting blood sugar when you take them, you, you can change those right away, mm-hmm. right? Uh, first, by giving them supplements to do that. And when they, when they get to the point where, okay, you know, yeah, you're, you're not pre-diabetic anymore, right? So, and, and then... And then now you say, okay, you know, maybe we could do try a higher fiber diet, right? Mm-hmm. We could we, we we could try to move a little bit more, right? Uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, interesting things that what cases that I had is like I had a you know powerful woman, a smoker, right? Uh, you know, in charge of of bag and stuff like that, and you know, despite all her deficiencies, she was in fantastic shape. Mm. And I found out that at lunchtime, she would go out at noon, right? And she only smoked like three to six cigarettes, uh, uh, six of cigarettes a day, but still it's a bad habit, right? Mm. So uh, she would actually smoke, but instead of just smoking outside, she would walk around the block. So <laughs> of her, her building, exposing her to um, to sunlight, and she had one of the highest vitamin D levels that I actually saw. And you know, with just that one measure alone, you could see that that this is another uh, concept that we have uh, in in uh, health organization. We balance the network. We don't just balance one, right? We balance uh, one metabolite. We balance the network. So I disagree, for example, with a single testosterone therapy. You can't do that. Right, you have to take a look at the entire network because when we when you touch 
one node in the network, everything else will move. And that is the art of the practice, right? There is still the art of the practice because here, when you have a client or a patient, the client or the patient becomes your lifelong friend, right? Because you get to know, um, you know, how their relationships are, you get to know how their work is, uh, and so on. Because after the initial part of being highly objective about it, you try to coax them now into lifestyle changes. You know, lifestyle changes cannot be slapped onto a person. No. Right. Uh, that's why, um, you know, uh, I know people will hate me for saying this. You cannot have lifestyle medicine without having health optimization first. Right. You have to do health optimization medicine or health optimization practice first. See, I just like to clarify here. Health optimization medicine is for physicians. Health optimization practice is for non-physician healthcare practitioners. The only difference that they have really is being able to prescribe drugs. Mm. However, we do have a level, uh, three different ways uh, and they, uh, of what you do first to, to mm. give a patient or client. The first thing you do is what's called the bioidenticals, what the body really uh, needs, right? Or uses in its, uh, in its uh, regular uh, uh, workings. Uh, an example for this is, for example, um, methyl tetrahydrofolate, right? Um, or the motherfucker vitamin. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this is uh, kid safe. Um, so um, methyl tetrahydrofolate. Not on the radio. Methyl tetrahydrofolate is actually the, uh, the uh, form that the body uses. It's not folic acid, right? Mm-hmm. Folic acid has to be cleaved in two steps mm-hmm. to be... Um, uh, to be to convert to methyl tetrahydrofolate. However, there are countries that actually enrich their rice with folic acid, right? And you don't know, there's a large uh, percentage of uh, people who actually have very sluggish genes that convert this. So you're wasting you know, millions of dollars enriching the rice and actually you know, not all of the population, uh, uh, not even a substantial part of the population can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So our, our, our first thing is really to see what does the body use? And I call those um, bioidenticals right? Or bioactives. It's in the exact form that goes into the reaction, right? Um, Into the biochemical reaction. And then you have, um, you have uh, the uh, phytoceuticals, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, berberine, your plant products, fungiceuticals, you know, uh, the the mushrooms, etc. You have your a spore probiotics or your probiotics. These are live, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on. And this is second line that you are providing to the patient. Uh, another, um, another thing that's big actually in France are bacteriophages. These are actually viruses that attack uh, pathogenic bacteria, right? So there's a second line. And the third line is only when things don't work when you actually put in the drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason for that um, and this is really funny because uh, before, when I was starting this framework, it was more like, you know, I get calls from physicians like, Dr. Ted, you know, how is your vitamins, minerals, and, and supplements going to affect, you know, uh, my, my therapy? And I go, no, actually, you have this in the reverse. What you're giving the patient has never seen by evolution before. It's never seen by the body. So you, t- but what I am giving the patient has been seen by the body in evolution before, and it knows how to use it. So you tell me 
how uh, you know your treatment of the patient is going to affect all of these levels. So you have you have you have this question backwards, exactly. right? Yeah. And so so see those declining levels over time with the pharmaceutical yes. medications. And if you're not rebalancing, then you're getting damage and aging and disease. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I, I know that probably some of your listeners are, you know, um, medicating with, say, finasteride, right, to prevent hair loss. And, mm. you know, certain, certain uh, famous people are known for using it, mm. um, you know, um, just to prevent losing hair. But, you know, I've, I even know some uh, of my male patients, uh, um, uh, they come in with about um, uh, 20 years of using this, in fact, mm. right, without mm. stopping. Right? Mm. And when you look at, you know, if, if you look at their hormonal picture, it's all out of whack. And you're wondering, you know, they're only this age, but how is it, why is this all out of whack? And, you know, the simplest thing that I did is a good thing that I'm trained in pharmacology. I took a look at the, what it actually does to the body. It's actually in their literature. It will affect the hormones this way. Rump, rump, rump. And it was exactly the same picture. And I said, I gotcha. And you know, you take it out and in about six months, you replace it with something like a sopalmetto or something else that's more natural. Um, and, and, and then the hormonal picture actually starts to straighten out. But the key here is that if you don't know that, if you don't realize that it's the drug that's actually doing that, mm. you will start balancing everything else. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I'll give more this and I'll give more that, et cetera, et cetera, without taking the actual, what they call irritant to the whole picture, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. So what we talked about, those are the seven pillars uh, of uh, health optimization <laughs> medicine, <laughs> right? So that's uh, clinical metabolomics, there's uh, uh, bioenergetics, uh, there's uh, gut immune system, there's exposomics, there's chronobiology, there's evolutionary medicine, and there's epigenetics. Mm -hmm. You see, we uh, cover all the bases for that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for example, um, there are times when you'll be seeing uh, people saying, oh, you know, I want to wear like amber glasses, uh, you know, uh, two hours before sleep. So I will have no uh, blue blocking glasses. So I'll have better sleep and so on. And those belong to the biohacking crowd, right? Uh, those are uh, belong to biohacking community. We love them. Um, you know, they do what N, equal, N equals one, uh, you know, exper experimentations on themselves. Uh, they take, you know, NAD, they take this, they, they take that. But, you know, it, yeah, in, in the end, in the end, um, you know, health optimization medicine and practice or home hope actually provides the framework where you can hang your biohacks. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this hack is for chronobiology. Mm -hmm. And, oh, this butyrate supplement, that's hack is for the gut immune system, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, this NAD, this hack is for the mitochondria, mm -hmm. right? Uh, uh, so, oh, uh, uh, this uh, alpha lipoic acid this actually is a is a hack for for um, um, and, and selenium. This is this is a hack for for toxicity, mm. right? So you could hang those in the various parts of of the uh, framework, and now you could have a clearer picture. If you want to help someone, then don't just hack. You know, um, measure right and then balance right mm. so it's really very easy right you 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 measure 
you uh, measure their levels of metabolites, you balance them to the age when they were between 21 and 30 years old, or at evolutionary, evolutionarily derived values like vitamin D, right? And then you, the way you do this is by shifting the entire network, right? Not just a single node, but you shift the entire network down to that particular range, right? Um, you follow uh, the guidance to do it. You, uh, you, um, uh, it, it's, it's an art in itself, right? Because certain people will have different responses. So when you, when you see that certain values are already moving, right? then you know that you're on the right path, but then you see that you're overshooting in certain areas and you can always balance them back. Mm -hmm. um, but the, 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 the key part here is always monitoring how your patient is feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Because, the, the, for example, in my experience with hormone balancing, for example, I've already moved them as close to, in the United States, you try them to move, to move them to values as close to 30, right? We're scaredy cats here. In Paris, try to move them as close to 25 as possible, right? But all the while when you're moving that entire network of hormones, mm -hmm. you are, you know, are asking the patient, you know, are you feeling uh, well, right? Mm -hmm. And you stay there if the patient's already feeling uh, optimal, even if the patient's only at the age 30. Yeah. Right? So, so these are the kinds of, um, uh, uh, of things that uh, we do in health optimization medicine. Of course, there are other principles uh, that uh, we could talk about, but I, I know we need to make this fun. Um, nothing serious, <laughs> but <laughs> so I just uh, introduced uh, like uh, three co uh, concepts. One, uh, uh, you already heard, um, I just introduced the concept of uh, the holobion, right? Mm -hmm. So the, our focus is not the organ. We are not uh, into organs. We're into the actual holobion, right? We're looking at a network system of cells as an ecosystem, mm. right? And then um, uh, there is what I, I, I want to call metabolic neotenization, right? Mm -hmm. So a neoteny is um, a term uh, that means making younger, mm -hmm. right? neotenized. And uh, the way to remember this is when Mickey Mouse first came out in, the, I think, late 20s, he looked like a rat, right? It had a long snout, uh, you know, an adult, right? And he was not very lovable. But if you trace it over the years, he became a baby. You know, the, the snout was pushed backwards, the mm -hmm. eyes widened a lot, the yeah. chin was withdrawn, right? The nose became a button nose, the ears became bigger. You know, and this was essayed in Stephen Jay Gould's uh, um, uh, essay about uh, neotenization. So what we're doing here is metabolic neotenization, meaning we make your metabolites younger. We push them to a younger range, right? Yeah. And the, the first one, uh, which has already been mentioned before, right, uh, uh, in, in other uh, disciplines, is what's called salutogenesis or... Uh, or uh, the root cause of health, mm. right? So uh, what is the root cause of health? And we've already identified it. It's not salutology. Salutology is a different study altogether, yeah. right? Um, uh, salutology is a study of health in populations. And mm. that's a purview of public health, 
right? So a public health specialist, epidemiologist, etc. that is uh, salpology. So mm. the genesis is simply a principle of uh, finding the root cause of health, mm. right? Not the root cause of disease, but the root cause of health. Oh. Yeah. So those are the three uh, principles that we look at. And as I, as I say, we look at everything from uh, different axes, you know, the axis of the environment, for example, uh, you know, uh, the, the time when we had no L, uh, radio and any electromagnetic frequencies to now having 5G, right? We still don't know what, what the effects of those are, right? Uh, there may be none, there may be something, we don't know, but we, you know, we're continuing to find out. But we definitely know that artificial light has fucked up our sleep, our chronobiology, right? We sought to tame the night and here we are, you know, uh, totally um, sleepless or totally irritable when we wake up in the morning because we haven't had enough sleep. So, yeah, so that's the... Um, uh, the, the, the environment, uh, the environmental scale, right? And then you have the uh, um, you have the uh, development of science, right? From from the body to organs, you know, and then to tissues and then to cells. And the cells is where we are. So when you meet a, a health optimization practitioner, don't get confused, right? Because your illness medicine doctor will be looking at your organ. Oh, I'm cardiologist, I look at the heart, right? We look at the cell, right? Mm. So that frame of reference um, is actually very important. That mm. we are not here to compete, right? We are here to actually help with the help with the health of the fundamental cells of the body and take care of it, yeah. right? Um, and then, as you have mentioned, Jody, we look at evolution. How did we evolve from single-cell organisms in the oceans to the current, uh, uh, to the uh, to where we are right now? And this is where we take a look at the diets, right? So we know that um, you know our bodies are actually of a Paleolithic make and model. This mm -hmm. is where we are, right? So that's why we know why a Paleolithic diet works, yeah. right? So it's not about a ketogenic diet. It's not about, you know, all of these diets. But what is it that the make and model of our, if body is a car, right? What's the make and model? And we know that we are of the hunter-gatherer uh, model, right? So we're used to actually hunter, hunting, gathering, moving, right? Carry, uh, hauling um, uh, fruits uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and berries into our campsite, you know, uh, running after game. You know, the males used to run uh, after game. So I, I actually joke that they invented aerobics and women actually invented weightlifting because they were carrying their babies. They were picking the fruit. They were putting it in the sacks, putting it in their head, fetching water, you know, all of those. So weightlifting was really initially a woman's game. Right. And running around, you know, chasing after after animals was actually the man's game. Right? So so can you imagine um, uh, can you imagine if, if you were, uh, you know, the, the, the fad right now or not a fad, but a, a practice that they do for runners. Right. They they carry heavy stuff yeah. right? in the training of soldiers. They yeah. put in the like, heavy load and they start running uphill, et cetera, et cetera. That's just like, uh, you know, adding the female role. To the male role of, <laughs> of running up. Right? Oh <laughs> uh, I'm sure many soldiers would hate to hear that, but <laughs> evolutionary, that's where we are. So then you could see now the effect that it's like, well, you know, what's the basis in lifestyle medicine? And this is why for me, it's just like, 
it's for me it's like without without this axis that you look at in health optimization right uh the, the three axes the one is the from from the size right uh, uh the size of uh, what you're looking at into down into the cell from the evolution from single cell to that you could see how we develop and where our bodies are at so the diets get, are examined right there mm. uh, i like to say that uh, you know, agriculture and animal husbandry are the two watershed events that affected our health, right? Because we were so insecure about our food supply, right? We then had to invent agriculture. And what did we get? We started to live together in small communities. We got started to have problems of sanitation. We began to have infectious diseases. We started to encroach on jungles and forests. We now uh, have malaria, you know, and uh, the other things that used to be kept by this forest because we were slash, uh, slash and burn agricultural uh, peoples, right? So all of this uh, came about because of the practice. And then we, have, we had the problems on, on the storage of grain, mm. right? Now we have all of these uh, uh, issues of uh, infection of, of uh, grain with mold, right? So, so uh, all of this came about. So what we did do with uh, animal husbandry? Now, what happened uh, then is that we began to tame and domesticate animals, right? And therefore, their fat content get, 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 kept getting larger and larger. The muscle content, you know, the lean part got uh, less and less. And of course, we're evolutionarily wired to seek out high uh, calorie dense um, food and therefore we prefer fat right mm -hmm. and so now we started to grow sweeter and sweeter apples right with more and more sugar content now we're just really titillating our um, our senses but that's the addiction of uh, evolution right because we are you know um, I have a dear friend who likes to say the only reason why we move is to find a an energy source, right? It's to find food, right? It's to find food. So you could see immediately that just by looking at these three axes of the uh, size and complexity of the organism, the evolution of organism, and the, and the uh, evolution of the environment and our chronobiology, you could see the entire picture just by looking at X, Y, Z axis that you actually um, have that. Yeah. Um, uh, so so um, uh, So you see here, clearly that we are really right at the root right of health mm. and then from there everything else would spring up and also so, with that fundamental aspect of what we're talking about with health optimization medicine and practice i like to say this because I, I compare this to my clients when i say that we need to go and do you know hyperbaric chambers we need to go and do red light therapy we need to go and do extra treatments or technologies on top of that but for, for enabling those to be optimally working, it's requirement that we have those fundamentals there to get the best out of those technologies. So that's the first step in, in all, you know, yeah. look at that first and then we can get the most out. Otherwise you're just not going to get to where you need to with those technologies. And a lot of the time you're wasting, they can assist along the way, but you're wasting, you know, your time, money, yes to get those fundamentals right 
Exactly. And, um, uh, you know, we, you and I both know our dear friend, Scott Scher, who is uh, uh, one of the world's experts in hyperbaric therapy. And, you know, one statement uh, of mine actually sort of like poked him and punched him in the gut. I said, you know, um, you know, hyperbaric therapy is just really maintaining redox balance. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like, oh my God, that's what I'm doing, right? It's, this is just redox balance. So again, it's a balancing act, right? That, that you're doing right there. Uh, and you see all of these things are actually, um, you have uh, you have the fundamental health organization and then you have all of these uh, other things that you could do, right? Mm-hmm. In order to further balance the system, exactly. right? Um, uh, for example, before you, to prepare a patient for, for uh, uh, hyperbaric therapy, uh, especially for um, uh, cancer patients who are undergoing hyperbaric therapy, I usually put them on a ketogenic diet, right? Uh, because uh, ketogenic diet is very uh, antioxidizing. Mm. And when they're that, then you pulse them now with with uh, a high-pressure oxygen, you know, uh, uh, and then uh, that's when it exerts its, its uh, anti-cancer effect. So these things are studied. It's uh, actually, um, you know, they're published. Uh, we know the protocols for them. But in the end, what you're looking at there is you're actually uh, creating um, metabolic balancing uh, in there. So we are in the metabolic balancing act business uh, <laughs> here, <laughs> right? Before the damage occurs, you know, let's, let's uh, keep ourselves healthy. Absolutely. So, yeah. and I just want to say, so, um, summarizing quickly, now we've got health optimization in medicine and practice where we've got the um, essential course. So there's the seven yeah. pillars. We also yeah. have the advanced modules. So there's two advanced yes. modules at this point, and we've got another one, on its way shortly. Yes. <laughs> that we'll be working on yeah. soon. Um, yes. And we also have the uh, mini modules associated with the essential course. So yes. that's, a little, that's a little snippet of some of those, um, you know, the main pillars that we've got there and also the advanced modules. So yes. give me a little bit of a summary about the, mo- the mini modules so people know and aware of that coming out. And then I want to dive into... Uh, transcriptions and the additional okay in that aspect, perfect we haven't perfect. covered that yet yes um, um, for um, you know we developed Jody is actually part of this we developed the uh, seven pillars uh, uh, course right and the first course that's uh, required of course is clinical metabolomics it's a foundation of all the other courses in fact after you finish that you can actually uh, apply to to um, to practice just clinical metabolomics alone, not health optimization medicine or health optimization practice, right? Um, where you actually have to submit cases, you know, for, for review. And, and, but of course, you know, how do we entice you to uh, uh, work on uh, modules that are anywhere from six, eight, or 12 weeks long, right? So we developed the mini modules, which are actually free. And by the way, all of these uh, regular modules, you can have uh, what's called the, the uh, uh, home hope track module, meaning you're on track to become a practitioner. And you could also audit any course, meaning you don't need to take any final exams. Mm. But both of those will have continuing medical education credits. So, and we, you will be surprised, come and visit us there because you'll be surprised that um, uh, how big the number 
uh, of uh, credits are. And Jody will attest to this. It is a labor of love. Mm -hmm. uh, we did this on our own time and also a love of labor. For the special modules, you know, uh, it is actually, uh, uh, I was the one who was pushing Jody, and she did a fantastic job on our um, cannabinoids for health optimization. So if you want to know how to uh, use cannabinoids for health optimization, there is an advanced module for that. There is also the big thing now is using peptides, right? So if you want to use peptides for health optimization, it's also an advanced module. Jody has been forever kicking me to put forth in the world my, uh, my really simple way of doing hormone balancing, right, for health optimization. Yeah. It's going to come soon, I promise. Um, it's, okay, just that there, it, it's just that all, all, all uh, Jody is one of my bosses that uh, actually, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like, do this first. But anyway... <laughs> And I'm happy. <laughs> but, but, uh, but anyway, so how do we get people to experience these modules, get a gist of uh, what they are? So we created mini modules. They're free. Right? You can go to the site. You could, uh, you could uh, uh, have access to them. They also have uh, continuing edu uh, medical education credits, mm -hmm. you know, some as high as 1.75, some, some as low as 0.75, you know, but uh, probably averaging around 1.5 uh, credits so for all of these seven modules. Uh, Again, also, well, so in Australia, we can get those. I'm not sure about Europe. Do you know about Europe? Ten, ten. Not yet, not oh. yet. But I, I know also that there's an equivalence for the CME of the United States to CME in Europe. Yeah, uh, yeah. but Australia is yeah. pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's by the number of hours, right? Um, and don't get fooled. I know it says uh, our minimal just says intense slides are less, you know, but I'll give you a secret. Joe, this is 20. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> That's why she she has one of the uh, higher um, uh, the higher uh, CME credits available uh, out there. We had fun doing it. Um, we got the core information from the from the course to just to give you a flavor. Uh, you know, uh, we call them modules, and the entire set of modules will be form the course. These are mini modules, right, to give you a flavor of all those. They're free. They're available. Uh, you can get uh, also. You can also get CME credits for them. Uh, so that's the um, uh, and 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 even the advanced modules also have mini modules. Mm. So that's that's the uh, that's the story of the mini modules right now. And they're hot off our laptops. So <laughs> just almost just being released. <laughs> <laughs> But what I want to really drive home here, Ted, is that this health optimization medicine practice is a specialty on its own. It's something yes. no one's ever seen before. And this is what excited me so much when I discovered you and found you that I couldn't believe that this was going to be all in one place. Something that I was so true to my heart of this cellular health and cellular foundational um, you know, health and, and bringing people back into that balance was out there in a course in a place that we could actually call health optimization medicine practice and it's, it's perfect mm -hmm. it's it's really perfect that we can practice in this way and share it this way and uh yeah we're, we're all ready to shout it from the rooftops so everyone else should <laughs> thank you for those people thinking that we're very new no sweethearts we're 
we're about uh, 13 years old, 13 or 14 years old already. Yeah. So uh, we've been around, we've been, um, the framework has been refined, uh, the message has been simplified, so it's easier uh, for people to get it. But uh, remember guys, this is highly experiential, right? Mm -hmm. And it requires some patience on your part because uh, your body didn't get to this state overnight. So it will take us a while. And, um, uh, and, what I want to say here is this. Okay, so we have health optimization and it's a specialty of its own, right? And then, however, when your patient or client comes to you, the patient can have, uh, you know, anxiety, which needs to be relieved right away. Mm -hmm. And a patient can have, or your client can, um, uh, can, can be sleepless, right? Uh, so patient having anxiousness, patient having sleeplessness, patient having pain, right? So what I did was I actually uh, formed a company, but because as you know, health optimization, medicine and practice is a charitable organization, right? So everything that we use there is donated lectures, donated time, our services there are uh, freely provided. We don't get paid for it. We are actually... Uh, you know, if you wish to contribute to to us, you know, there is a donate button right there. You can donate to us. Uh, you can do. You can also do it in other ways by um, uh, telling other people about us that um, you know this uh, health organization actually is a specialty exists and it's a pretty cool framework. You know, uh, to um, uh, to get yourself healthy or get yourself uh, or train yourself in health administration as a practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so that has an educational mission, uh, as I said, you know, and in order to fund this, I, I had to create a for-profit company and that's called Smarter Not Harder, which is exactly what we do in health organization, right? We, we don't do everything and we don't do anything hard. We just everything do, do everything smartly. We don't guess, we test, right? And that, isn't that smart of us? So, uh, so what, what I decided is, um, um, you know, we would be producing uh, products that can be used by practitioners as well. Right. So uh, the uh, you know, and those are the products that are coming in. We just released the anti-anxiousness product, right? Uh, which is called Trocalm, uh, because it's transcriptions. It's like prescriptions, but it's a trochee format. You guys know what a trochee is, right? Um, and so it's called transcriptions. And we just released uh, as our third product, actually, uh, uh, Trocalm, um, and. It has uh, ingredients that uh, actually target the same um, receptor as Valium does. Okay, so but it's a natural product. Yeah. So uh, so these things exist, you know, without the side effects that you could get from Valium and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, the upcoming clinical products, of course, are those for sleep and sleeplessness and for pain. But before that, I actually had a lot of fun because I was uh, Dr. Jetlag, right? Uh, I, Too many I had... I had I had I had all sorts of uh, injections all over my body that um, my my practice manager in Manila, who also happens to be my nephew, said, you know, um, they were my, my my patients are asking what what's Dr. Ted's hobby? And he said embroidery. He, he <laughs> likes to embroidery skin with needles. Body um, embroidery. <laughs> body embroidery. Um, but um, uh, 
so I created something for myself and uh, because when I landed, I had to be on right away and I would travel from the United States to Manila, for example, and the next day I would be in practice already, right? Because patients have been waiting for me for three months, uh, you know, uh, before I returned there. So, um, and in order to be on, I took a look, I said, what can give my my brain a boost, you know, uh, I know I'm going to be jet lagged and how do I function without uh, actually uh, having brain lapses or as they call in old people, brain farts, right? So, so um, I put together a product called Blue Canatine, right? It's strobe blue canatine. And um, it's, you know, the way I explain it is it gives me what's called a wide focus, uh, wide focus, means that I'm lecturing, right? And I am aware of what I'm presenting, but I'm also aware of what my my students or my uh, audience is responding to and not responding to, and can, I can adjust my uh, my presentation accordingly. Yeah. So imagine doing that when you're jet lagged, right? It has methylene blue. Uh, it's all in the name. Blue, ka is for caffeine. Na is for the uh, uh, cannabidiol, right? Uh, or CBD. Uh, uh, teen is uh, nicotine, right? It is about uh, nicotine, as you know, is a very uh, is a potent releaser of acetylcholine, and um, uh, and uh, acetylcholine is actually excellent for short-term memory work, mm -hmm. right? So, and I really just made it for myself, right? Uh, I, I made it for myself. I made it as a gum. I write for myself and my friends liked it. And they said, why don't we, why, why don't we manufacture, have this manufactured? And I went and I tried to get it manufactured and they said, hey, you know, uh, we're, we're confectioners. We, 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 we can do this, but we won't do this for you because it turns all of our equipment blue. So I had to reformulate and uh, created a turkey ins instead. And that's why you put it between the upper cheek and gum. So it's closer to the basal circulation of the brain, right? So it's a faster, effective way. Um, and then uh, driv driven by uh, the uh, customers themselves, uh, is, you know, there was a request, a very strong request to just put, put in pure methylene blue, mm. right? And for methylene blue, I describe it as a bright focus. It's just like, it's very subtle, but you feel a certain brightness to, to the way you view things. And you know, and, and that's what I use it for. If I don't need, if I don't need uh, the, if I'm not jet lagged, um, then what I do is I, I, I use uh, um, um, just, uh, uh, just Blue is the name of the product, right? And um, they, it's, it's also there, but that was uh, actually customer driven. Now, we uh, were actually, we use pharmaceutical grade ingredients, meaning uh, the ingredients that we use are not analytical grade, meaning that the one that you use in the lab, but if you, for example, as you know, methylene blue is used for uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but those are in ampules, those are diluted, those come in a drip, an IV and so on. So that's pharmaceutical grade, right? And, and, and that's what we use, right? Even if, our, if ours is oral, we're using pharmaceutical grade. So it's actually very funny when you see this, oh, okay, fish tank cleaner, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you know, like, like, like some, someone like me who's trained in pharmacology would allow that to happen. I treat all of our 
products, even if they are not drugs, I treat them as drugs, right? Where they're, they're child, they have child-proof packaging, right? They have the appropriate, uh, you, if you scan, as I require you to, you have to scan the QR code and the insert looks like a drug insert, even if you're not required to do so, right? Um, and I'm very particular with dosing, right? For example, um, uh, we're precision dose, meaning if we say you're getting one milligram of nicotine per turkey, if you have it analyzed, you really get one milligram. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, we're good with, you know, the three Ps, you know, pharmaceutical grade, physician formulated, precision dose. And that's what we keep, you know, that's why I keep as, as my motto when I formulate this stuff. Yeah. So those are the current products that are uh, uh, products coming. And we may do one-off products uh, just because, because I love um, medicinal plants and I discover all sorts of things oh. that I can do with them, <laughs> right? And uh, one of the things we're seriously uh, putting out there is a product called TroBuild, you know, something that, that will raise your um, free testosterone levels. It can also be used for hormone management if you want. But, you know, bodybuilders may want to use it, et cetera. Just because, you know, um, you know that that's going to be the effect on, on, uh, on humans, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, this, 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 is, this is how I find my fun. Uh, this is orgasmic for me. So... <laughs> it's ever expanding. There is so much more. <laughs> I can feel it. There's so much more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, the, uh, the, I, I know that, um, uh, I know when you're saying so much more, you're goading me to say something else. So <laughs> one, of the, one of the questions that has um, uh, been asked of me um, that's uh, really struck me is, um, uh, I was, was asked by a psychiatrist, so I attended one of my presentations, and uh, he asked me, so how do you include spirituality in health optimization, right? It also needs to be optimized. So um, if you guys are in the psychedelic space, yeah, you know that um, uh, dimethyltryptamine or DMT, the, the active uh, molecule uh, in ayahuasca ceremonies, right? Um, it's known as the spirit molecule. So um, I've lab labeled a lack of spirituality as simply the DMT deficiency syndrome. <laughs> so <laughs> I use that all the time now. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you can't see it. Once you see it in people, you can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, there are many studies now that um, are out there. For example, uh, people are now aware that the default mode network of the brain is uh, uh, a network towards the midline structures of your brain has been found to be the seat of the ego or the self-referential system, right? Um, so we also uh, just published, uh, I think, uh, uh, last year would be uh, the seat of spirituality has been found to be in the periacrodactyl brain of the brain. And what it, um, uh, what it has is a lot of opiate receptors, right? So spirituality gets you high. Uh, so, so it's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, and pain management experts know this, that very actual is actually rich in operate receptors, and they did a study, and it's now considered a seat of spirituality. So we are slowly discovering these things about ourselves. And so one of my, my main interests is really um, psychedelics 
but in the context of what's called neural plasticity, right? How can we regrow uh, certain connections of the brain? And um, uh, those, those uh, compounds that grow connections in the brain or grow uh, new neurons, for example, they're called psychoplastogens, meaning they increase the plasticity, right? Uh, for example, they have shown, like, for example, microdoses of LSD, right? 10 micrograms daily or uh, twice a week, you know, uh, they actually regrow the dendritic connections of the brain. So what I encourage people really is get yourself health optimized first, because part of health optimization is neurotransmitter optimization. Like, for example, if you lack vitamin B6, right, you cannot create um, much of uh, serotonin in your brain, mm -hmm. right? And, you, you, for example, a person saying or a child is saying that I, I'm depressed, etc., we immediately give the child antidepressants, right? Mm -hmm. But if you check the vitamin B6 levels, probably it's really extremely low, yeah. right? So you, you see that these are the kinds of things that we fail to look at because we don't look at the network, right? And then... Uh, and then you could also have a fair idea of how inflamed the, the brain cells are. There's, a, there's a, an acid called quinolinic acid, which you could take a look at the value of. So in the process of health optimization, right, you, part of it is actually neurotransmitter optimization, at least the major neurotransmitters. Um, the, the way this hit me home is, you know, um, uh, just recently, you know, I, I, uh, is a follow-up of, of a case and uh, that I had, and this is uh, cocaine addiction, mm -hmm. right? And the, the, uh, the news is that, well, he's okay, he's all right, right? Uh, but there was, I, I received a, an urgent uh, uh, message from a sister that I think he's relapsed, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then I heard no more, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I took a look at his, um, uh, at his uh, metabolized this time, and you could see a very, very low dopamine uh, metabolite, like homovanilic acid, which is affected by cocaine, right? Uh, um, uh, you know, cocaine can raise your dopamine, if I'm not mistaken, by as much as 4,000x. So, and what that, what that does is that it uses up your dopamine. Not only does it use up your dopamine, right? The receptors for dopamine also uh, decrease in number. There's an attrition, right? Because you say, oh, okay, this is too much, you know? Um, and you could catch it and you could see, oh, there was indeed a relapse, right? And now you have to supply external dopamine, not levodopa, but you can supply something like buconeprurians to get it right back up, you know, at, at, at levels where he could focus again. Or if you have athletes, for example, that can seem to focus, mm. they're training, but they're very unfocused. And you take a look at neurotransmitter levels, you look at their, their uh, dopamine levels for for focus, uh, you know, dopamine, uh, dopamine is usually for focusing and reward. You know, it's uh, also the, the neurotransmitter that's heavily implicated, the most implicated in addiction mm. is, um, you know, the, the, the dopamine levels of these athletes that are unable to focus are very low. Mm. So, uh, you know, so you have this level of health optimization first. There can be no true uh, brain health optimization without first health optimization, because health optimization is all the cells in the body, right? Vitamin B6, for example, that's responsible for the uh, synthesis of, uh, of uh, serotonin, is not only used by the brain, it's used by all 
the cells in your body, right? It's used by every, all cells in the body. So why just use it for the brain itself? Use it to optimize uh, all parts of your body, right? And then, and then after that, you can consider, okay, you know, you consider psychedelics, psychoplastogens. How do I grow more neural connections? You know, ketamine, uh, as you know, is, a, um, is now used as approved as an antidepressant, right? What does it do? It's an actually... Uh, what's called an NMDA receptor blocker, but in a sh in short, it basically gives you a reset of the DMA. It turns it, it turns it turns off your default mode network quickly, and then turns it right back on, mm. right? And uh, uh, they found out that within uh, within um, as uh, I think I think it is like seven, six or seven to twenty four hours. They have found, this is in humans, they've found that um, the um, cells, uh, the nerve cells are growing dendrites or they're growing increased connections, right? That's why you want to do psychotherapy the day after while they're still within the 24-hour period. Yeah, it's seven to 24 hours. So while they're still within the 24-hour period, you do the psychotherapy so that those connections are actually guided in terms of their connections. And remember, it's not just about the number of connections because connections ultimately have to be pruned to their proper network structure, right? They have to be um, pruned to their proper network structure. So you could see all of these things that can be used to actually optimize brain connections, right? You can optimize, you can use uh, psychedelic psychoplastogens to optimize brain plasticity. It's not just for spiritual stuff, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's for, for um, uh, optimizing um, the connectivity in the brain. So that's my main interest there is how can we actually uh, utilize these particular um, agents that have been used for centuries or uh, have been known to do these things with a, with a very high safety margin, mm. right? Um, and remember, most people think that psychedelics are actually addicting. Actually, no way. You know, DMT is an addicting. You know, um, psilocybin or magic mushrooms are, are not addicting. You know, in Addict fact, you, you, <laughs> you, 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 you take them with trepidation, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, like, oh, okay, the, what am I going to learn today? Thing, the things that are addicting are the amphetamines, Ritalin, for example, yeah. all right, or methylphenidate. These are these are the things that are addicting yeah. because they they go through your phenethylamine pathway, right? Yeah. And they actually are amphetamines. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so uh, you know when you take a look at this uh, particular uh, tryptamines that you're you're using, right? The classic psychedelics, for example. Uh, are mostly tryptamines, right? Mm -hmm. They, uh, what they do is they uh, actually flood your brain with serotonin and uh, in fact, thereby, or uh, actually decrease the blood flow to your uh, default mode network, thereby inducing um, uh, uh, downgrading the activity of, of uh, that network. And when it comes back online, then it induces antidepression, there's a more feeling of well-being and so on and so forth. But my interest in it is how do you use it, right, to increase brain connectivity? And now all the studies are coming up. So one of the advanced modules, which Jody also has been kicking me to do, is the use of psychedelics or brain health optimization. Those things will be coming. Um, uh, she just has to elasticize my bandwidth a little bit more. <laughs> um, but this, this is the fun of health optimization. You could use all of these, you know, um, 
to for like cannabinoids for brain health optimization. And Jody's an expert of that. You know, uh, psychedelics for brain for 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 uh, for brain health optimization. Psychedelics for health optimization, right? Um, uh, so all of these things we don't use them for disease you know and that's the thing that's wrong in terms of the regulation of things we want to regulate them because we want to use them right away for disease no actually no you know we want to use them first for health optimization yeah. right yeah. uh and then if you find something works for disease then fine it works for disease but the doses for those really different we use very very small doses with this yeah absolutely right? oh it's incredible ted now i think we, I don't want to take up any more of your time. So before we finish, and this has, yes. been, this has been one of my favorite podcasts because we've covered so much. <laughs> I, I love talking about this. I think it's just going to be fantastic to get it out to people to actually fully understand and run through step-by-step step what health optimization medicine and practice is. So I, I, You mean me running my mouth off? No, no. <laughs> we, we stayed on track, Ted. We did really well today. <laughs> Um, but could you, let's just run through where people will find um, health optimization medicine and practice and transcriptions. So I'll get you to tell everyone that. Yes, um, the transcriptions is at uh, transcriptions.com uh, and that's T-R-O. Uh, like prescription, but with the TRO, prescriptions.com. And visit us there, you'll see, you know, uh, how we actually um, uh, present uh, our, our products, you know, because they're very drug-like. We keep it that way. We protect the public, we protect the consumer as much as we can with packaging information and, you know, questions that are answered. Um, uh, just as a caveat, we don't answer trolls, you know, um, mm. to use, as I said, to use our products, you have to have a modicum of uh, interest in exactly what you want to achieve with, um, with what we're offering, right? Remember, we're not for diseases at all. We are for health optimization, right? Um, and then uh, health optimization uh, medicine and practice uh, is home, as in your home, uh, hope, uh, one word, homehope.org. And you will see there, um, you know, um, ways to uh, actually actually enroll in the actual uh, clinical metabolomics module if this podcast has convinced you to do so, or check us out with our mini modules, um, which are also uh, there. You could they're linked to, to uh, there, and you could you could have access to them. And again, uh, as I like to explain it, this is this um, basically transcriptions and home hope are yin and yang, you know, um, home hope is our yin, it's feminine, it's charity, it's nurturing, it's educating, and uh, smarter not harder, which produces description, is our yang uh, balance, is the one that is, when you buy products for us, a, a, a huge amount of your, uh, of what you, uh, 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 of, of, uh, of, the price is actually donated to um, homehope.org. Mm -hmm. And so that's the one that it's a wheel that turns because one is providing resources to the other, you know, and the other is providing what the needs are to the other. And um, I'm presenting this is this is our, um, you know, what's called our uh, reciprocity model, right? We just don't take 
money for the for profit, but we put the money back uh, into charity. Mm-hmm. And 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 I wish people uh, would think of their businesses that way, right? Mm-hmm. If you have uh, a business uh, that's making money, think about how you could also um, move that money around into some charity or. Um, uh, charitable contribution yeah. and maybe the charity con- charitable contribution can be us so <laughs> making the world a better healthier place That's yes 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 and more charitable place too and more charitable absolutely yes well thank yes. you so much dr ted it's always a pleasure talking with you always makes my day i love chatting all the time so thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us about all of your creations <laughs> thank you thank you thank, um, thank you Jody. and thank you so much for what you do i i, I don't think we uh thank you enough oh i i just want to have the last story here the only reason why i agreed to take this podcast with Jody is because i want to see her in long sleeves in australia <laughs> and i am actually in short sleeves here in the united states so my, my really <laughs> really that's the only reason why i took this it's like just for the you know, the sheer pleasure of, you know, um, getting back at her for, sh- for, for showing us, you know, her sleeveless attire when it was fucking winter here and it was so cold. So. I, know, I know, now we're getting colder. I'm getting sad. <laughs> Need some more of my psychedelics to come in now. <laughs> I can take care of that. Oops. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much, and um, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.